The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris. Alongside me is Justin Prince with our producer, Richard Colbreth, as we have part one of our eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series 2022 preview. As we get ready to kick off the new season in February, we have a special few episodes ahead where we will have the entire class of 2022 on the iRacers download. And Justin, this class of 2022 is going to be jam-packed full of returning talent, upcoming favorites, rookies, and so many more returning champions coming aboard for this 2022 campaign. Yeah, the Contender Series was absolutely entertaining to say the very least during that action to see some of the veteran drivers in particular who are looking to fight their way back on in to join competition. But you have a very strong rookie class indeed. Donovan Strels, Parker Retzlaff, Kyle Petal really impressed a lot of drivers. Briar LaPrat's been in the talking points for the past few years or so. Caden Honeycutt, the same thing. And many more in months that regard as well. But you also have to consider there's a lot of talent in the field itself that we're inside the top 20 for Coca-Cola action, who will look to try and go even better for this season. Drivers like, say, a Garrett Maines, who has a lot of talent. Someone like a Vicente Salas. Somebody like a Graham Bolin. There's a lot to discuss when it comes to that side over the next month plus. Well, it's going to be interesting how things shake out on how their pairings come up over the next few weeks or so. As well as how those drivers handle the next-gen car, with it especially having a lot of hype being built up over the past couple years even. It certainly has, Justin. And to begin tonight's episode, we have the driver for Elliott Sadler Esports. He drove the number two offer pad Toyota Camry and ended up finishing in 20th in the overall standings for the 2021 E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. It was his rookie debut, and now he returns as a sophomore we just talked about him briefly. Garrett Maines joins us on the iRacer download. Garrett, welcome back to the show. And I got to say, I hope you enjoyed your holiday and it'll kick off the new year. And how have you been doing? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, <laughs> being able to, to hang on to the top 20 this year was definitely a relief. It was good to enjoy, you know, some, some time away and some vacation and the stress-free off-season. It certainly has been. I mean, think about this. Pretty quiet season for the most part had a couple of good runs when competing in this 2021 campaign but your thoughts overall as competing in a rookie because we've seen you grow in the world of iRacing for quite a many of years being one of the figureheads of up-and-coming talent and now showcasing it this past season honestly for you how would you overall rate yourself of your skills that you were able to showcase this past season Wow, I would love to be able to rate myself as like an eight on the short tracks, 
it was arguable, um, maybe a little higher. Maybe I'd put myself a little higher there. Uh, but it was re- I was really surprised by my, uh, you know, my results on the road courses. It helped having a teammate like uh, Vicente Salas to be able to show me, you know, show me the ropes because that's been, you know, kind of my weak point on iRacing for a while. And I've spent the last few weeks, you know, really grinding in some road course cars to try to figure out some of the, uh, the techniques and just get that, like, engraved in my brain as to how to do it because the next gen car drives a lot more like a road course car uh even on the ovals uh just the way that you know the the weight transfers and the tires act um and it takes a, a little bit of getting used to so uh definitely been you know focusing on all that and you know i think i think there were a lot of strong points throughout the season even play tracks i felt like that was a really strong point for me it was just the intermediates and it's always the intermediates that are super you know, setup dependent, super, there is a driver aspect to it, but it just, you have to be in the right situations at the right time. You have to be up front in clean air. And then if you're going to make anything happen, you got to have friends in the field and uh, being a rookie and, you know, being on a small team that, that didn't really seem to go very well with me and not being able to put down a qualifying lap. It certainly showcased that. I mean, looking at your stats from this past season, one top five, five top tens, an average start of 20th with an average finish of 16th. But we kind of scratch all of that off, throw all of the paperwork that you had for these Gen 6 cars out the door, and we now focus on a brand new car, the Gen 7, which still is being worked on, as we know. Hopefully everything will be set up and ready to go come February, but... Your thoughts on trying out this brand new car as we get closer to the season opener? I, I honestly, the one thing that kills me is my favorite track that's been on the schedule is Richmond. Um, it used to be one of my least favorite. It's funny how that changed, but um, it is extremely difficult to drive in the next gen. Uh, I was putting a few laps in the other night, and it is an interesting combo. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how everybody figures it out, you know what you can really do in the setup to get it to, to handle the way you'd like. My goal for 2022 is to not have a quiet season, but to really get those results that I feel we deserved last year. I felt we were robbed of quite a few top fives and maybe even, you know, uh, a couple winning opportunities last year. And uh, it would have been really cool to be able to get that done. Now you hit upon it a little bit with a lot of the drivers trying to figure things on out. How do you try and Look to make those waves. What do you plan to change approach-wise compared to 2021? Essentially, how do you plan to execute that goal of not having a quiet season? I am going to keep that quiet because I think that's going to be important to not having a quiet season. But I, I think part of our, um, you know, the way that we worked on cars was a little flawed. And the, the process that we went through was not, it was our rookie year as a team. And I think that, you know, that showed. And I think we're going to be a little bit more prepared this year. It doesn't mean it's going to translate immediately to speed, but I think we know a better way to go about it uh, to maybe find, you know, the results that we're looking for. And, uh, you know, hopefully we press the right buttons and search in the right areas. At the beginning of the year, we can get a strong start. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Now, of course, this rookie class is fairly strong to say the very least we mentioned for example of the top drivers like donovan strauss had very strong contender campaigns and road to pro campaigns parker Ratzlaff, of course you also have working relations in the past with drivers like brian mercurio and liam brotherton through technical alliances 
out of who the drivers are coming in for this season from the contender series, who you feel could make some waves in your personal opinion and why? You know, I think it's been very clear that Donovan Strauss is, you know, one of the huge favorites there. I think Parker Retzloff has surprised everyone uh, in the last, I mean, not in the last like three months, but in the last 10, 11, um, I think, you know, I think he was a, a real surprise to be as good as he was in NASCAR right off the get-go. It was really cool to be able to see uh, that that translate right away. Um, you know, I, I didn't pay a, a whole lot of attention to the Contender Series. Maybe I should have, but uh, I think it's going to be, you know, a completely different driving style when we get to Coke anyway. Um, you know, we already know competition's stiff. It's only going to get stiffer. And, um, I mean... We'll just have to to wait and see how everything shakes out. I mean, the the next gen is going to be a lot more uh, with the current package, a little closer racing, but it does seem like there is still you know that arrow push aspect and a much much more difficult car to save. There's less you know um, leeway uh, to to like slide the car, and I think we'll see some you know if we see an accident, it's not going to be a a great save uh, as often as it used to be. On that note, how can fans keep an eye on you and follow along your progress this season, whether through watching action or streaming or social media? Where can they find more about you and keep up with you? I'm still on the fence on whether I will be streaming on Twitch or not. Um, you know, I might I might do a GoPro cam for the for the Coca-Cola stream or you know the official iRacing stream, or I might do it for myself i'm i'm on the fence but um it'll either be on twitch from my personal uh garrett mains one or it'll be on twitter instagram and facebook you can i think it's garrett mains racing on twitter at garrett mains it's garrett mains one on instagram and it's garrett mains on facebook if you go with that gopro method by the way have a bit of a challenge for you i'm sure the production staff for iRacing will enjoy it as well why don't you try it with a full racing suit and a racing helmet? Go full, full, um, full immersion. Oh, I was going, I was going to do that. So, um, Smithfield, you know, sponsored me in 2020 and 2020 or 21. And I had a suit that was embroidered with, you know, their name, the logos on the legs, the arms, the, you know, across the chest with all my sponsors. And I was going to wear that on stream on new year's Eve. And I got sick and I didn't stream that night. That would have been like the perfect way to end, but uh, I don't think I want to suffocate during the race. It gets, you know, your <laughs> your body temperature definitely raises uh, during those races. It's just you know, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stuff going on. Even if you're leading, you know, there's there's the adrenaline aspect. I don't really, uh, <laughs> I don't think I want a hot suit in my room. Thank you very much for the time, Garrett. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Once again, that's Garrett Mains. He finished inside the top 20 in the 2021 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series standings. Now, take a quick step aside. You're listening to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. On the other side, we'll be speaking with the 2021 champion, Keegan Leahy. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. 
Justin Prince, along with Richard Colbreth. I am Taylor Burris. We had just spoken to the driver who finished 20th in the overall standings in 2021 E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Championship. Now we speak to the number one driver, the champion himself, Mr. Keegan Leahy from 2311 Racing. Keegan, first and foremost, welcome back to the iRacers Download. It's been a few week, months since we last talked, but how have you been? What has it been like now that the time has settled away? You are still the horse champion and the emotions running through after that period of time. Hey, yeah, Taylor, thanks for the invite, first of all. Um, great to talk to you guys again. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a nice few months. Um, you know, it's finally sunk in, I guess, and everything feels back to normal. And uh, I guess I'm just kind of looking forward to next year now. And, you know, it doesn't really feel like much has changed i just feel like i'm ready to go out there and try to win it again as if i've never won one before <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very good deal indeed now let's take a look at just some of the stats you were able to accomplish this past season three wins four poles five top fives nine of them top tens an average start of fourth and an average finish of 10th really one only driver was able to beat you on average finishes and that was your teammate mitchell de young who had an average finish of ninth but 582 laps led also the highest out of everyone in the entire field it's safe to say for you keegan this entire season was all about consistency and being there when the moment counts yeah, absolutely. And you see the, uh, you, you listed off one of those stats was three wins and all of those wins came from partially that average start that you also brought up. So uh, in my first two victories, I started first and I led pretty much every lap for them. And, you know, uh, in the championship race, Mitchell outqualified me at Texas, but I was able to run him down and pass him in the middle of the race. Uh, but again, starting second gave me that shot. So um, yeah, the key to success was being there when it counted, but also being there when it started. <laughs> I was at the at the front a lot of those races at the start of the races, which really helped with consistency. So qualifying was a big part of it this year, and I took pride in that because I've always considered myself a good qualifier. Certainly showcase that indeed. Now, we got to take a look at one thing now. All of this work, this hard work that you put in when it comes with these Gen 6 cars, now is get tossed out the window as we now welcome the gen, the next Gen car, the Gen 7 car for the new season. Your thoughts so far, if you've had the chance to test this Gen 7 car, or are you kind of one waiting until they have the official setup on this Gen 7 car, since we know that NASCAR is still constantly making changes as we get closer to the new season in 2022. Yeah, I'm definitely waiting. I don't think there's a very big point in putting a whole lot of time into practicing a car that's going to be completely different by the time we start the season. So yeah, iRacing is going to get plenty of new data. Uh, they're going to use the new, the, whatever the final rule package ends up being. I think it was confirmed to be what was it? Um, 670 horsepower and the four inch spoiler is what I think I remember, that is um, which is completely different from what we've got on the car now. So, you know, it's it's going to drive way different in real life from what they were initially planning. And the sim car is going to drive so much different, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully a car that's hard to drive. Uh, takes a lot of finesse to drive. And, you know, I like cars that. You can drive hard, but you also have to keep an eye on the tires and, uh, you know, drive a little bit under that limit to make sure you preserve your tires well. So, you know, a, 
a hard to drive car that you need to save tires for is my ideal situation. I, I like that. I also hope there's not too much dirty air. Uh, I like to be able to catch and pass another car, but I also don't want there to be a whole lot of drafting. So I don't really like those big pack draft races. They're probably pretty fun to watch on the broadcast, but uh, I like there to be a little bit of separation when I'm racing. So, you know, those are my hopes anyway, but I have no idea how it's going to be. I have some good news if you like the tire wear, at least on the short track side for that car currently. You can pop tires within 60 laps. But in all seriousness, in that discussion point, it's also to the point where it's essentially a reset of how the progression, technical-wise, could go. Because for a lot of the cars, and or rather the car itself, you should say, it's not necessarily apple to apple when it comes to building from Gen 6 to next gen. How do you feel that shakeup could be in terms of which drivers have that sort of edge on that mark and so forth based on your experiences with being able to find speed? Yeah, you're right. It's going to be a completely different car, uh, not just in the driving, but also in the garage screen. So, you know, the emphasis is going away a little bit from you know, like perfectly fine tuning your ride heights and using shock springs and track bars and stuff to really fine tune how the, how the ride height is around the lap. You know, that's not as big of a deal anymore. You're kind of just left with a simple suspension, but now we've got really complicated shocks. So it's going to switch a little bit away from that aerodynamics to a bit more mechanical grip and, and looking, looking for that, looking for any advantage there. So uh, my my expectation is I think people will pretty much converge on the same sort of setups and there won't be any one with really big advantages. Maybe in the first few races, there might be a trick or two that people have to find, but, uh, you know, I think it's a simpler car overall. And, you know, it, you're right, it's a reset and like anyone can stumble upon the right setup. But if you look at history, it's kind of the same drivers that, end up with the best setups no matter what rules package we have so uh you know it's not really a knowledge thing after a certain point it kind of just ends up being who's the best at finding stuff who's the best at figuring things out and you know who's got the best technical mindset to figure out the setups so you know that's the challenge i like to do i like resets because uh, it gives me the opportunity to get an edge on other people but it only lasts for a few races probably and yeah again i think it's a simpler car so i think we'll see a lot of parity with the setups now you got the chance to call a couple races for the e-nascar contender i racing series with podium esports who do you feel will be some of the drivers who may bring some treats to the field this season yeah that's always tough because you think someone's gonna be a huge competitor um and I, I don't want to name any names, but like there, there's been people that have dominated the pro series and then they jump into the Coke series and they struggle to run 30th. Right. But then other times you get someone that just sneaks in in the pro series, but all of a sudden they're competing for wins in the Coke series every race. So, you know, it's hard to predict that. Um, I'm sure Donovan Strauss has plenty of pressure already, but uh, he's shown that he's been very fast all through the pro series as well as road to pro. And then Colin Keister's won a race in the Coke series already. Uh, he fell out because of some inconsistency and bad luck probably. And, uh, in last in the Coke series, but 
you know, he's requalified and he showed that he's still got that speed because he won the pro series points. So, uh, you know, bouncing between series isn't really necessarily going to tell you whether or not they're going to be fast or not fast or not. But, you know, those are the two drivers I'm watching for. I would say, I think they'll be fast to close things on out. Essentially when it came, comes to the discussion, how do you feel this season can come in to play knowing there's so much to think about so much to consider for this campaign, so many unknowns. How do you feel by the end of the season, things could be shaking out? How, what are your predictions, so to speak, for the season? I know you can't get too bold on that, Mark, but you get what I mean. I, I think it looks a lot like last year where there's a lot of drivers that are capable of winning races. And I don't think we'll see people with, you know, a whole lot of race wins in the season. You know, the most last year was uh, me, I guess, with three wins. And I, I think Mitchell got three wins too, if uh, if I remember correctly. But yeah, point is, it's it's hard to be a multiple-time winner now. Uh, you'll see some surprises of people that don't win a race. Like last year, Nick Ottinger drove great all year. He just didn't win a race in the regular season. And he didn't get in the playoffs because of that. So there'll be some surprises like that. And I think there'll be, again, a whole lot of parody and a lot of close racing. And you'll never know who's going to win in, every, in any given week. Where can fans find you on social media or to follow along with you for your racing action this season? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the opportunity to plug that. So my Twitter is Keegan Leahy and uh, I race for Virtual Racing School. So you can check me out on VRS if you want. Uh, I do the data packs for them, too. So. Uh, yeah, thanks guys for the for the opportunity to talk about that, and um, I hope everyone enjoys the season too because it should be really fun to to watch because I think it'll be pretty fun to drive at least from my perspective. We'll see how it goes. Indeed, once again, that's your 2021 champion for the eNASCAR Coca Cola iRacing Series, Keegan Leahy. Time to speak about the brand new season. More coming up right after this. You're listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crossing Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosswheel Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Taylor Burris, Richard Colbreth with you as we now go through the news of the week. And it has been another eventful week of action, especially since, for some respective series, things are getting ready to ramp on up. Yes, it's invitational time. NASCAR International Series is ready to make its return this time to the Winter and Springtime block with a bit of backing this time from D-Box and Digital Motorsports. And it also has ovals this campaign. Homestead Miami Speedway, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Circuit Zolder, the Daytona Road Course, and Phoenix Raceway Taylor are all on deck for that Invitational Series from January the 8th to February the 5th. It certainly is. It's going to be providing a lot of excitement. And I got to say, looking at this schedule from Homestead, Most Sports, Zolder, it's a great combination of NASCAR circuits that are run, of course, here in the States, the Canadian version of NASCAR with the NASCAR Pinty Series, and of course, the NASCAR Euro Series with the addition of Circuit Zolder. 
It's going to provide a lot of great talent, as we know. A couple of drivers who will be partaking of it. You have, of course, drivers such as Raja Karuth competing in there. Of course, Euro NASCAR driver Alon Day, Alex Tagliani from the Pinty Series, and many more big names from all three divisions of grassroots racing when it comes to the banner of NASCAR. And a great platform, of course, to utilize it with eNASCAR and iRacing. Yes, indeed. A very stacked field of drivers, to say the very least, coming up for that. And when you look at the names in particular, it's expected to be, at the very least, for the ovals, going to be interesting which drivers are able to showcase what. Because we've seen how bold drivers, such as Nicholas Sanchez, have been in that series in its history on just road courses. Roger Karouf races a lot on the ovals. Trayton Lapsevich races a lot on the ovals. That's going to be very intriguing how some of the other drivers try and compete against that in turn and how they respond. But also there's those road courses which bring that chance for different names to be up towards the top. In our words, if you're someone thinking about, say, a title run amongst that five-week run, it's not straight on forward as saying this driver has the best shot. It could go either way or any way, especially when it comes to the NASCAR wheel and Euro Series. NASCAR Peak Mexico Series, NASCAR Pinty Series, and NASCAR Drive for Diversity class drivers. It certainly does, and it's going to be exciting to see all of that happening. Of course, the action kicks off on Saturday, January the 8th. You catch all the action on iRacing streaming platforms as we look ahead to that. Meanwhile, in other news, iRacing acquires a couple of special different gaming companies to be able to help bolster as well as help improve iRacing when it comes to it. Uh, of course, Monster Games has been officially purchased and have been acquired by iRacing, along with Orantes Games also, which was announced earlier this past year, or later in the year in 2021, Justin. And I got to say, when I heard about Monster Games coming on board, it brought me back in time almost to the one of the greatest console games I would have to say of all time, Dirt to Daytona, which kind of opens the door to see what iRacing can utilize with this acquirement. There's a lot of possibilities, let's put it that way, when it comes to the Monster Games acquisition, because it's something I don't think too many people thought may potentially come towards that direction of, especially knowing some of the backgrounds they've had, especially though knowing some of the recent platforms and action they've had, and some of the licenses in turn Monster Games has worked with. There's that decent opportunity to see if that opens up some doors for content for iRacing in general. But the main thought is also going to be of how do things fare out project-wise now with this acquisition? What opportunities are brought forward for iRacing and Monster Games in turn with this essential coordination amongst the two now as part of that acquisition? There's so much to think about on that, Mark. And in turn, when it comes to the Arantes Games acquisition was looking at some of the content they've had and some of the graphical work, especially. I think having some of those attributes potentially at iRacing's disposal could bring it to the level that a lot of people want to see it go towards in the next couple of years. I certainly do agree, and we will have to see what they can do, because if you think about it, with Monster Games, of course, they have that wide variety, of course, with Dirt to Daytona, the NASCAR Heat franchise, as well as even Tony Stewart's Sprint Car Racing Games and SRX Games. So who knows what that could possibly open the door for, and of course, with Orantis, with their rally-style racing game, 
it may open the door possibility to more of a stage rally style of racing that we could see on iRacing. And a lot, it, uh, it opens so many doors to where we could possibly see iRacing take it to a level that no other sim racing competitors that are out there could tackle on and take on with iRacing. So it's just a matter of wait and see and working with them. Of course, we are still waiting probably for one of the biggest talkabouts in 2021. I'd have to say the infamous hashtag soon when it comes to rain. And I have a feeling with this acquirement from these two companies, that can only help improve the utilization of wet weather racing on iRacing here in the coming years. Well, it's the progression of what could be done, say, in terms of dirt racing, because you mentioned, say, the stage racing for rally action. Trying to go for rally stage, you should say. Here's an other thing to consider. In some of the past games on console in particular, remember this, for example, from a very old Word of Outlaws game, for reference. In those types of racing games back then, you could, say, make dents into the dirt. Essentially, with the tire marks, leave those marks on the circuit. I'm thinking more broader picture, possibly, Taylor, on that mark. If you, say, use some of those assets from their side and some of that expertise from Arantis, I'm curious if that, in turn, is going to improve that graphical ability for dirt racing in general on the iRacing service. There's so much to think about there. But here's the kicker that I think a lot of people are maybe trying to overjump towards. It's been mentioned, especially this is specifically from the iRacing tweet from January the 4th, where this, in part, furthers the company's ability to bring the highest quality racing games to the broader market, including the console space. What does that mean is the big question. And I think a lot of people are going to be very much on the edge waiting to see what does come out from that. It certainly is. And we'll have to only sit back, wait, and see what iRacing can be able to accomplish with those two acquisitions. Of course, 2022, a lot is going to be interesting to see what the world of iRacing will look like by the end of this year. But on that note, Justin, we have come to a close on this episode. So in that case, for, of course, our wonderful guest that we had, Garrett Maines from Elliott Sadler Esports and Keegan Leahy from 2311, And, of course, our producer tonight, Richard Colbreth, and Justin Prince, my co-host, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media.